I'm Zivy Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Please sign up for my newsletter at zivyowens.com for updates on podcast guests and lots of live events. Hi, everybody. I have such exciting news, I think, today to bring to you in the midst of this coronavirus quarantine season. I am launching a new site called wefoundtime.com which is a collection of essays written entirely by authors who have been on this podcast. Moms don't have time to read books. We're calling it Connecting Brilliant Minds to Busy Readers. And each week we'll have about five new essays in different categories that moms don't have time to do. Moms don't have time to breathe, work out, have sex, eat, read. And authors will write amazing essays and contribute them all original exclusive content. So I'm really excited. My team and I have been working on this for months and months, and we were going to launch it on Mother's Day, but then we thought, you know what, everybody's home and could use a little inspiration. So we're launching it early this Monday, April 6th, and I hope you will go check it out. It's on my website, zibbyowens.com, which also has a complete refresh and is brand new, and it was it'll, it'll also live on wefoundtime.com. So please go check it out today. Tell me what you think. I would love some feedback. Read the essays. I have essays this week by Gretchen Rubin. Claire Gibson and Alyssa Altman, who are also the editors of the site and authors in their own right from the podcast. There is one from Nicole Keir, another author, and then I wrote one about working out. So go check it out, please, and make sure to tune in each week. And if you haven't subscribed to my newsletter, I'll be sending links to the articles weekly in there as well. So thanks for tuning into that. Also, if you have not noticed on my Instagram, if you don't follow me or whatever, I've started an Instagram live TV series during the quarantine called Z-IGTV, or we might just call it ZTV. I don't know. What do you think? Anyway, each Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern time, I've been interviewing authors live on Instagram live on the at Zippy Owens account, usually about four or five authors in an hour, which has been so fun. So please check that out. You can join me on Instagram live, comment, ask questions as I go, or you can watch it afterwards in my IGTV feed, which in Instagram is when you click on my bio and everything, it's in, well, you'll find it or (laughs) I can't, anyway, it's the IGTV button, which I'm sure you're familiar with. So please check that out. And then last week, last week on my IGTV show, I had the pleasure of interviewing actress and author Laura Prepon, who by the way has 6 million followers, which is crazy. But her latest book is called You and I as Mothers. And it's so good. It's a first person look at being a new mom, what it was like for her in the context of being an actress and directing on the set of Orange is the New Black and acting and all the rest of it. And it's honest and really great. And anyway, you should all read it. So I had her on my show. And then I realized after that our interview was about 20 minutes that I might as well just make it a podcast as opposed to doing a separate podcast. So that's what this is. So the sound quality is a little bit different since it wasn't, it was just recorded on my phone as an Instagram live, but the content I think is really awesome and really helpful. And it's moms of all ages, not just little kids. It could be parenting your own parents. It's a, it's a great book with lots of specific tips. And her previous book was a New York Times bestseller. And that was called The Stash Plan, which was a wellness book. And as I said, she's a star of Orange is the New Black. She was also in that 70s show from 1998 to 2006 and also in Girl in the Train and many other 
films and TV shows and everything else. Originally from New Jersey, she is now married to actor Ben Foster. They have two children, a girl and a boy who's now four weeks old, and they live in New York. So here is that Instagram Live episode. And if you want to watch it after, you can do that too by going onto my Instagram feed at Zibby Owens and seeing what she looked like when she was talking and all that good stuff. So please enjoy it and let me know what you think. Bye. Gosh, all these comments. Everybody's so excited to talk to Laura. Um, Hi. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Of course. Oh my gosh. And your book was so great. Like now I feel like I I really know you. So maybe that was just, you know, a, a (laughs) a filtered piece of you in the book. But thank you for that. It's like so great and relatable and awesome. Oh, thank you. I, you know, I really feel like to be able to have this conversation about motherhood that we really do have to drop our defenses and share our truths. And this is the most vulnerable I've been. And I feel like I really just wanted to have that open dialogue with the readers of the book. And I'm thank you so much. I'm so excited that that came across and that it registered with you. Thanks. Of course. Now, even at the beginning, when you were pregnant the first time and you were with a friend and you asked how it was and she said, you know, it's really hard, girl. Like, this is hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and how is it? Now? Congratulations on your baby also. <laughs> thank you. Yes, it's crazy. Having two really is a game changer, but It's been great. I mean, honestly, I've just been, besides doing wonderful things like this to get the word out about the book, there's been so much family bonding and it's been really special. And it's just a light in the midst of all of the craziness that's going out there. And it's just been, it's been really, just really trying to focus on just the blessing of having two healthy children. Because as I wrote about in my book, we've dealt with some stuff. And it's just, I'm so blessed to have two healthy children. And then I feel like having read your book and all the anxiety and you're shining the light on postpartum anxiety for people who like didn't really know that much about it. Which- I didn't either. I honestly, Zibby, I didn't either. I didn't know what was going on. It was so, but I cut you off. Please continue. No, I go, just, go, go. No, talk. no. The way that I was, I literally felt like I was completely upended. I didn't know I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know. I, I turned to my husband and I said, the woman you married is gone. I don't, I can't, I felt like I couldn't take care of myself. I felt like I couldn't properly take care of my family. And I didn't, I feel like a lot of people, when they hear the phrase postpartum, they immediately think of postpartum depression. And I, in the past, have been guilty of that too, thinking that, oh, postpartum is postpartum depression. Postpartum literally just means post, it just means after birth. And I had never heard about this postpartum anxiety and I didn't have depression. I I was, it was more of like this mama bear to the nth degree, like to a point where everything I thought was a threat to my child. And it's an anxiety in general. I feel like as a mother, you can kind of quell it, but it never really goes away because we love our children and we're worried about our children. And one of the things that I really want to come across in my book is that it relates to, to mothers of all ages. And also a lot of partners of mothers have gotten a lot out of the book and people who read the book who aren't mothers yet or may choose not to be. There's a lot of stuff in the book that they can relate to. So I really hope that it helps a lot of people. And because I certainly was so helped so much and healed so much through the process of writing this book. I mean, I feel like anytime you really open yourself up the way that you did, you're bound to help 
tons of people, right? Because people have to learn from others. You keep talking about your, you say the mom tribe or your- My your mom's mom squad. squad <laughs> which is so important. I mean, I feel like the people who gave me advice when I had a new baby were the most important people in my life. Even people, they weren't even that close to me, but they were the people who came through like, this is the stroller you need or this is that. I'll never forget that help. <laughs> For <laughs> sure. that person. For sure. And especially now with with the self-isolation that's going on, community is more important than ever. And I really hope that how I speak to that in the book will help, you know, hopefully help inspire people to build that community even more through things like this, through our social media platforms, through FaceTime and Zoom and all these great platforms that we can use now to connect. It really is so important. And my mom squad is, you know, there's such an amazing support system for me. And so I, and I also, because I want the book to speak to many different ages and types of women, my mom squad is many women of all ages, background, ethnicities, professions, because I wanted this book to relate to many different people. So, and that's been from the feedback that's been coming across and and helping a lot of people. So it's really exciting. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And even all your little videos on Instagram. Thank you. (laughs) But just so you know, we do have our little baggies of chicken now. Thanks to you. Oh, awesome. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. It it makes a difference. It makes a difference because (laughs) if you throw it all together in a big clump, you have to then defrost the whole thing. And once you defrost it, you want to use it. You don't want to then freeze it again. So little, little tips and tricks. I'm all about the tips and tricks. I, I can <laughs> so. see that. I can see that. The book has like a zillion tips and tips. Tri- t- you know, I get it. Tips and, it's a tongue twister. I totally understand. <laughs> Wait, tell me a little more about the process of writing the book. What was that experience like? You said it was really helpful, but tell me, tell me how long did it take to write the book? Where and when did you write it? Tell me about that. Well, I, what's funny is I wrote it when we, we lived in a, an apartment in the Lower East Side and I wrote it in my bedroom. I'm not kidding. On top of a cardboard box. That was my desk because we couldn't fit a desk in there. So I had a box and I would sit on the floor in Indian style and write it on this box. And I started writing it when I was dealing with these new things that were happening after the birth of my daughter. And my husband had suggested, because I was dealing with all of these things and I would speak to other women and they were all dealing with similar things. As example, I have a friend who is a mom. She lives in LA and her daughter is 18 years old. And she was dealing with the same amount of stress about her daughter going to, this is, you know, before Corona happened, but she was dealing with the same amount of stress that I was, but her daughter was 18 and going to Europe for the first time. And she was freaking out about this lack of control and how am I going to reach my daughter? And I'm, she's never left the country. And she was really nervous about that. And I was dealing with just as much stress, but with a toddler in a different way. So, so that's the other thing is there's so many things that I feel like relate across the board. And when I was going through these things and talking with other mothers, I just knew that I wasn't the only person dealing with this and that I needed to write about it because I feel like there's all of these books about pregnancy. There's all these wonderful books about those nine months of your life. And then after that, there's a void. And I, and I thought to myself, what about the rest of my life? <laughs> what about the rest of my life as a mother? So that's, that's the void that I hope this book fills because I couldn't find a voice to relate to. And there's wonderful books about parenting but there isn't a book that speaks to the mother herself or the partner or someone who 
wants to understand the process of what we go through even more. So that's, that's what I'm hoping this, this fills is that void that I felt so deeply and already the feedback has just been so wonderful. So thank you and your audience and everyone who's watching right now, just from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Well, it's really amazing. And I also think you're, you have a unique vantage point. I mean, you were writing about feeling tired on the set of filming and trying to direct a TV show. I mean, oh, yeah. most moms are just trying to like take a shower, right? But you're out there. <laughs> seriously. Seriously. I mean, I get it. On your plate. <laughs> the, you know, as my friend says, the juggle is real. Yeah. It is. <laughs> I, even just trying to take a shower is like a big deal when you have kids. But yes, I went back to work on Orange at six weeks. And by the time I think my daughter was four months old, I was directing. But what's, what's crazy is that the first episode I directed of Orange, I was doing all of these scenes with myself and my co-stars. I think five of my co-stars it was. We were all in a janitor's closet. And there were these really intense scenes where Taylor and I had to be, we were naked, wrapped in a shower curtain with our hands, duct tape behind our back, duct tape over our mouth. And we had to be lowered to the floor by two stunt guys before each take. And I would have duct tape over my mouth. And I'm just like, action! Because I was directing while I was acting in these scenes. And it was this totally surreal process. It turned out great. But then after that, we put all of those scenes at the end of the schedule because I knew they were going to be very, very trying on us. And I want us to have a break right after. And then right after we wrapped and I wrapped my first episode directing, I found out I was pregnant. So I was pregnant during all those scenes. And it was just very surreal that then going back and directing again, now having my daughter and having a whole different perspective on it, it was it's crazy. It really just shifts. You know what it did for me? I feel like when I first had my daughter, my priorities were so laser focused that it made it, it really made me not sweat the small stuff because now my priorities were so focused in terms of protecting this child that other things that might've stressed me out at work or whatever, I'm like, I got that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because the real stress of protecting this child comes in and that mama bear instincts, it really, that shift of, of priority was so fascinating to me. It's amazing. I feel like, you know, if there's like a pie of all the attention that your brain fills, once you have kids, right, it all shifts. So everything yes. that used to worry you, it just becomes like this little sliver. It's so true. It's so true. And I, and I love that. I it really just reorganizes everything in a way that's just so the priorities are so crystal clear. And it's, it's nice to have that, you know, you don't, you don't sweat the stuff that used to bother you anymore. It's, it's so fascinating how that happens, but yeah, I mean, look, being a working mom, being a stay at home mom, I mean, it's just juggling all of it. We do what we can and I'd never, I'd never go back because it's just (laughs) such a blessing. It's crazy, but it's such a blessing. <laughs> and by the way, my kids, my older kids are almost 13 and I have a five and six year old and I have, oh my gosh, much, I have just as much postpartum anxiety now. As, <laughs> totally. As, like I am still, so it doesn't necessarily go away to your point about this relating to moms of all ages. So thank you. Uh, yes, I get it. I get it. <laughs> and I get how it. are you, how are you doing now with the baby? I know it's only been a few weeks, but this is a crazy time of life to bring a baby into the world. It's like, how do you it, feel? It is, you know what? I, I'm just so thankful that he came before everything, before the the isolation started and everything, because I have friends that are, whether they're about to have a baby soon or have just had one, 
that their partners weren't even allowed in the room with them. Some of them weren't even allowed in the hospital. And that I couldn't imagine because going through your birth, whether it's easy or long or it's difficult, our last birth was, was pretty difficult. Again, all worth it. But I couldn't imagine there, there were things that happened that were unforeseen that none of us knew. Thank goodness everything turned out fine. But I couldn't imagine going through that without my partner. So I'm just so thankful that he came when he did. And it's been, in, in spite of everything going on, it's these early days are so special. And we're just really trying to stay present because it goes by so quickly. And I, that's one thing I'm really trying to do is just make sure I stay present, even though I'm doing these wonderful things like talking to you and getting the word about the book out. But really just trying to stay present in this moment and not let these days just whip by is what I'm really trying to focus on right now. Good luck with that. <laughs> yes, seriously. It's, look, it's a constant negotiation every day, but I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> I know you haven't, or I don't think you've announced your baby's name. Are you keeping it a secret? Yes, we are. We make all those decisions we make as a family. And we decided to say the sex he was, obviously, but we haven't mentioned the name yet. So that's something that that'll be the next discussion we have about it. But we make all those decisions as a family, because it is a public thing. It does become public. And so we just try to negotiate that carefully for, for them, for our children too. You know, every, everyone, you know, in our type of industry, when you're in the public eye, we, we take those things seriously and everyone has a different way that they go about it. And there's no judgment. Everyone's, you know, handles it in a different way. But for us, we always talk about all those, all those things and make sure it's the right thing for our children and our family. No, you have to. I mean, you have to. I mean, and then you recently came out with the story of your late term having to terminate a pregnancy late. And I just read about it in people. And I'm so sorry you had to go through that. That must have been just a really emotional, difficult time of life. And it's really amazing. What made you decide to come forward with it recently? It, you know, it was, it was really difficult. And I, I went to this dinner and, you know, again, this was a while ago. This is before I wrote the book. I went to this dinner with all of these wonderful mothers. I didn't really know anybody there. And it was this really great dinner where we could sit down, break bread, have a glass of wine. There was no social media allowed. You were not allowed to talk about it outside of this room. It was a very safe space. And it was so... So now you're talking about it on Instagram Live. <laughs> well, no, this was a while ago. I wrote about it in the book. No, I wrote about it in the book. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I, I wrote about it in the book because this was the first time. And I would never tell anybody what any other woman talked about. But what I talked about was that we, we did this dinner and it was a really safe space. And it was, I think it was probably a year ago. Uh, I don't know. It was definitely before I started writing the book. So it might've been like 10 months ago or something. But we all went around and we said one thing we loved about motherhood and then one thing we were struggling with. And everyone told these wonderful stories. And then it came to me and I had just gone through that. And I shared the story about the loss of the pregnancy that we just you know had to deal with. And it was still really fresh and I was really angry at my body and myself and I felt like a failure and I felt like I'd done something wrong, which isn't true because it's one of those things that just happened and I didn't do anything to cause it. But you have all these thoughts that don't make sense because you're just upset and angry at yourself. And I remember after the dinner, so many women came up to me and nobody had mentioned loss. 
And they came up to me and they had told me how they experienced a similar thing. And I realized how many women have actually gone through that? How many women have actually gone through loss of pregnancy and having to either terminate them for different reasons, which is heartbreaking enough, but also a situation like mine where we where it was just a health thing that became dangerous for myself and the baby. But I realized how many women had gone through something like that and how many women were ashamed to talk about it. So I felt like it was really important to tell that story. And my husband and I had a very long conversation about it before I wrote about it. And he was really supportive and, and said, you should talk about this in the book. So again, we made that decision as a family and I wrote about it. And I'm so glad that I did because I can't tell you how many women have since reading the book come forward and said, thank you so much for sharing that. We had a similar thing or just a miscarriage. It's, it's, it's shocking to hear the numbers of how much it actually happens. I had no idea. Yeah. It's also shocking that women, you know, that it is that, like, why don't we talk about it? I know. It's the whole, like, don't tell anyone you're pregnant until you get to 12 weeks. Like, those were some of the longest weeks of my life. Like, <laughs> I know. Like, you're going through the worst or the most, like, physically changing time ever, and you're not right. talking about it. To, I, I, for, and, then right. you, and then if it doesn't work out, you can't talk about that either. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. So. Well, it's it goes back to what you said earlier, where you mentioned that I was talking to a friend of mine who when I said what's hard about motherhood before I had my daughter and, and she looked over both of her shoulders, and like leaned in and told me like, it was a secret. And I'm like, why are we whispering? Like, why, why does it, you know, the fact that we don't have it all together all the time. And as a mom, you know, we mess up and then our mom fails and what, and we should own that we're human. We're not perfect. Why is this a secret? So that's another reason too, why I felt like, I wanted to write this book because even now there's still a lot of things that are kind of shrouded in darkness in terms of that. Sometimes it is a struggle. It's the most wonderful thing I've ever experienced being a mother, but it's also the hardest thing I've ever experienced. And we should be able to say that and not be judged, you know? So I, that's something that I really want this book to speak to also is that we don't have it all together and it's okay. It's totally okay. It's so nice that you use like your own platform to spread that message because, you know, Thank you. we can all shout it from the rooftops or whatever. But like the fact that you would write this book and take the time and come out and just tell it like it is, is so helpful. And I think makes so many people feel less alone when they're going through these similar things and not feeling validated or feeling shame or all the rest of it. So it's, Thank really, you. it's really awesome. Thank you for writing it. and <laughs> Thank it. you. I really appreciate that. And I appreciate you having me on to talk about it. It means a lot to me. And I hope that people enjoy the book and get a lot out of it. I'm sure they will. Thank um, you. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And so it was really a pleasure. So hang in thank there with you. your baby and through the you you know, too. Hang in there with your kids. Wow. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thank you, Zibby, for having me. Of course. Thanks for coming on. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening today, everybody. And don't forget to check out wefoundtime.com. And it's also available on zibbyowens.com as a tab, but also at wefoundtime.com. Check out the essays and go to Instagram at zibbyowens and check out my Instagram lives 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. every weekday, Monday to Friday during this quarantine where I interview four to five authors live for a few minutes each. Please check it out. And thanks for listening. I really appreciate it.
Bye. You've been listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books with Zibby Owens. Please make sure to sign up for my newsletter at zibbyowens.com to get more updates about episodes like these and also lots of live events. Thanks again for listening today, everybody. And don't forget to check out wefoundtime.com. And it's also available on zibbyowens.com as a tab, but also at wefoundtime.com. Check out the essays and go to Instagram at zibbyowens and check out my Instagram lives 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. every weekday, Monday to Friday during this quarantine where I interview four to five authors live for a few minutes each. Please check it out and thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. You can follow me on Instagram at moms don't have time to read books. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing and thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thanks for listening. You can always email me at zibby at zibbyowens.com. 